Hello, everybody, and welcome to our next episode on The Female Fist. I am so excited to have Team GJWB. Girls just want to box with us today. We have the founder, Christina E.M. P.M. A.M. 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 Close your close number. A.M. P.M. A.M. A.M. And then Celine Jeffine. You got it. See, I did it. <laughs> so, thank you so much for coming on to the Female Fist. And I just wanted to say that, you know, with Girls Just Want to Box, I've been noticing on Instagram that you guys are doing a lot of virtual online boxing sessions. So you guys are still keeping busy throughout the pandemic and still keeping up to date with everybody. I think that's amazing. Trying. Trying, trying. Try as best we can, yeah. Right. So let's just like kind of rewind a little bit. I just want to kind of get an overview of what Girls Just Want to Box is about. Like, how did you start this? Why did you come up with this idea to build this wonderful company, this wonderful brand, like, and the purpose of it? Just let me know. Uh, long story, but I will, I will try and keep it short. It's not, I'm not good at that, but um, I mean, I've been boxing for around 20 years. And if I really back it up, um, I, uh, originally was a figure skater and, uh, I was, I yeah, yeah. And I, I'm from Sudbury. So Sudbury is a boxing town and I was introduced to boxing at a young age. I was watching Tyson fights with my dad and I saw Christy Martin and in her, in her really cool pink shorts and just kicking ass. And I was like, wow, I want to, I want to do that. And, you know, then I would see, I hung around with a lot of the guys that were boxing at the time in my high school, and we went to go watch their fights. And I was just mesmerized. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. It's so, what a beautiful sport, like just mesmerized by it because it had all the elements that I would, that I was learning in dance and figure skating and like the ballet I had to take, except you got to punch people. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Thing. And, and what a challenge, right? What a challenge to be able to put that all together. Yep. Um, so it wasn't until I, so I did figure skating, I did precision skating, which is now called synchro. So that was that team element uh, because single, single figure skating is like, you know, like boxing, it's a lone sport. But when you get to add that team element to it, it was really, it was really cool and enjoyable. I mean, having an all, uh, the precision team, yeah, at the time we were all women and it was, we got to go on uh, tournaments and we traveled with the team and we went to like Canadian nationals and it was so cool. Um, and then I went to university, I went to University of Guelph and that's when I really said, okay, I'm not figure skating anymore. So I want to try to box. And um, I didn't get into boxing in Sudbury just cause like I hung out with all the guys who were boxers and at the time, not a lot of Too women close were to home. What's that? Too close to yeah. home. Yeah, yeah, I was a little too close to home. So I said, okay, uh, when I went to university in Guelph, um, I was lucky enough to get uh, some coaching there and really got started and just loved it. Loved the discipline, loved everything about learning. And, you know, I, I came to wait at university. So uh, <laughs> 25. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Probably a good idea to take up something like that during yeah, university. Yeah, and, it, and I needed the, because I was so used to training on a regular basis and being coached uh, with the skating, I needed that regular discipline um, and I needed someone to keep me motivated. And, and the constant learning, I think, was helpful. Yeah. So, yeah, I was able to, I found a really great coach and like got a lot of great one-on-one -on -one coaching for about six months. And then um, I just kept going and I just kept going throughout university and whether I was traveling to other countries, um, I was trying to, 
um, learn the sport wherever I went. So it, it was kind of one of those journeys. I had like that long journeyman where I trained for like 10 years before I actually got in the ring because oh my god, yeah, I didn't really have any coaches that I just wasn't in the right place for them to say, okay, let's start competing. Or maybe I wasn't ready. I didn't see a lot of women competing. So how was it sparring for you back then? There was, I, I wasn't doing any sparring. Right. There was no women to do any sparring with. And if you weren't competing, nobody was letting you get in the ring. Right. right? Um, I was really lucky uh, in Guelph. I had a great uh, coach. His name's Robert Pelche, Coach Rob. <laughs> and, and he was really great because um, I started to want to get involved with the events. And I was like, because I was also an event planner in university and I was putting on events for different things. And I was like, you know what? I feel like we can like, jazz this up a little bit like fighting's a big thing um so we brought in MCs and we had some performances and we like just kind of jazzed up a bit in at, at the where we were competing in Guelph I wasn't competing at the time but just wanted to make the events a little more fun and I love them so I was inviting everybody from the university and you know, everybody that I knew so that's where my little bug for putting on events as well kind of started yeah um and then, you know, kept doing that for a couple of years. And then I actually, when I was graduating from university, uh, Coach Rob actually, there was a new gym opening up and he suggested me for the general manager. So that's kind of the role that I went into right after university. And we, uh, the gym was called Statement Health Center. And it, it, was, it was really interesting to see building a gym from the ground up. And uh, Gulf was pretty saturated, a lot of gyms, a lot of uh, a lot of people working out all over the place. So it was great to just kind of understand that process. You know, you never really understand all the things you're doing at the time, how it's building up for the things for you in the future, right? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. So that was a great experience. And I got to start um, playing with some programming for boxing, right? And introducing the everyday person to boxing who might not compete, but they still want to learn the sport. We tried a skipping class. That was where I started doing skipping classes, which was lots of fun. Um, you know, and then after that, I went to, I got an opportunity to go to Japan. So yeah, I spent two years in Japan, uh, doing other things, teaching business English, working with companies, trying to do business in the West. And, um, at the same time, I would kind of, I really got interested in checking out the fight scene in Japan and I really couldn't find any, not too many boxing gyms. They weren't super open to women, I guess. It, really? Uh, I just didn't find anything. And maybe yeah, because yeah. I was foreigner, Gaijin, I couldn't really find them. But um, yeah, I just didn't really find anything. So I started to kind of start coaching people how to box on my own. So I started getting some private clients and getting used to teaching people how to box. I just loved it so much. I want everybody, <laughs> I want everybody to learn how to box. <laughs> yeah, so it was a really interesting experience, but I got, because I loved fighting so much. And at the time I, I had a job working with a magazine and I was able to wiggle my way into the pride fighting series. I got to go see the Gaia girls, the wrestling, the female wrestlers, and just kind of got into that scene there. And it, it just needed, needed to, just needed more people and more faces. And I just, I just, that just were kind of where my love of promoting the world of fight to, to, to everybody. I just want everybody to be as excited yeah. about it as I am. Um, so yeah, Japan was great. Then I came back and that's when I decided I came back from Japan going, that's it. I'm going to fight. Like I need to fight. Like I just, that was my, that was my goal. I wanted to fight. So that was a catalyst. that was, it was just kind of like, I've trained for so long. I want to see what I could do. And, and I didn't know much about the fight game and I didn't know, cause no one really tells you, right? Like right. I, nobody explains it to you. It's on a need to know basis, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I ask a lot of questions and I want to know things. So 
coming back to Sudbury, um, I thought I would just kind of live in Sudbury and train there. And then I was like, oh, I don't, I don't think I could stay in Sudbury forever. Yeah. So went back to Toronto uh, in search of some coaches. And um, it's kind of where I, I was told to seek out certain coaches, couldn't find them because coaches are always, you know, jumping around from moving gym. Around, moving around. Yeah, exactly. And um, I kind of, had to create my own opportunities and my own experiences because it wasn't there for you, right? Um, and it's a long, it's a long story. And I don't know if I want to get into it, but the coach I'd found at the time had decided it was a great idea for me to go pro before having an amateur fight, which is not a good idea. No. Nope. So no. <laughs> don't recommend it to anybody. Ever. Don't do that. Um, and at the time, like, I, I think I had blind faith in coaches and I, I was like, oh, you must think I'm great. I must be that good. <laughs> <laughs> so I ended up having an injury and I was kind of like, you know what, I'm going to slow down this process. I was overtraining. I hadn't signed anything yet. And that's where I kind of moved into corporate boxing events. And, and that's when I said, okay, I'm going to, if I'm going to fight an event, I don't want it to be a little club show. Nobody's there. I'm going to fight an event that I'm putting on as an event planner. It was hard for me to see those shows. So the first event that I actually fought and I put on as a, as a corporate event, which I, I say this all the time, don't do that. I, I was going to say, that sounds like a lot to take on. Like your first fight yeah. alone, yeah. like just that pressure and just the preparation and everything. And then you're also doing the event and worrying about so many other in the moment yeah. miscellaneous things. Compared yeah. to going into the ring, having somebody punch you in the face. That's a lot. I was warming up and I had people calling me asking me where to park. Yeah. Where's the park? Yeah. <laughs> but in true to form for me, I was just doing it all. And I remember like, I think I was like trying to get a money, like a, a money security bin, like before yeah. I got, it was, it was a last minute thing. And I, I'm grabbing this bin. I'm like crying on the way to the venue going, oh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't do this. I can't do this. This is, it. this is it. This was the tip of the iceberg. But then, you know, but you just go in there and you do it. And the crazy thing was, um, it was with OBA, right? Okay. Okay. So, which was interesting because I was told um, a week before my fight, I actually had to drop another 10 pounds. Okay. What? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, did Take you? That seriously. Yeah, I did. Don't ask me yeah. how. Don't ask me how. Okay. We never talk um, about the weight loss, like in boxing. That's like one of those like taboo conversations. How'd you cut the weight? You don't ask me that, bro. Right, right, <laughs> right. And, and now I'm like super happy to talk about it because oh, since that experience, we've figured out um, really good ways to stay on weight. But nobody talked about that back then. Like, yeah. I was like, how do I lose 10 pounds? And my coach was like, I'll never forget it. It's a lot of uh, dried tuna and spinach. That's That was the advice. Um, okay. Ooh, so chicken and asparagus. Well, similar. That's, that's, yeah, no, no, taking nothing into consideration um, as a woman, as any, like, what could be happening, like, just, anyways. So, so I did because <laughs> I'm always up for a challenge. So I did it. Um, I think the, they said the girl had two fights, but she had six. Oh. Um, it was one of those. Uh, I think her coach was a judge. Like, very sketchy stuff. It was, it, whatever. It was just yeah. like, it was, you, I wanted the full experience. I got the full shit show experience. Well, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Throw yourself um, into it. But at the end of it all, it was still the most amazing experience of my life. It, it's like the amount, like to train that hard, to like 
you know, actually go out there and do it and perform under pressure. And wow, I can take a punch. My God. Um, and and <laughs> that was impressive. And I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Most of the time he's like, wow, you have heart. I'm like, you think? Yeah. Um, it was, it was great. <laughs> It was a great experience and I was really able to, um, I couldn't watch the fight forever. Like, and back, that was 2007. So it was like on a video camera, like there was not a lot of phone cameras. And, right, 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 it's all and so I, Yeah, exactly. And, but I got to watch it. I was like, at first you don't want to watch it and because you're so upset, you're like, oh, I, cause I actually, I lost. Um, and, and I didn't want to watch it and blah, blah, blah. And then you kind of sit there and go six months later when you finally get up the nerve to watch it. And I was like, damn, I had footwork. Okay, yeah. that looks good. And I was like, wow. And at the end of it, I may have had black eyes, but she had a bloody nose. So that's, yeah. you know, that's something. Yeah. Like, I went in there, we scrapped. <laughs> it was a fight. Yeah, I've had fights like that too, where like, I can't watch it for a long time because in my heart, I feel like I could have done so much better and I don't want to see it. And then same thing when I watch, I'm like, oh, wasn't that bad <laughs> yeah exactly and I, I think there's just so much pressure on that one fight and I didn't and, and where people had like you know most people at 10 years would have like you know 50 fights right but just something with the way the coaching went and the fact that there wasn't a lot of fights for women and when I was sparring I was sparring with men right and I had one I had one amazing girl who was 17 who I got to spar with because she was my she was my weight Right. I fought 121 and and it was just you know it was it was a great experience but it really allowed me to it really showed me the gaps right yeah. it really showed me the gaps in the experience the support that was lacking uh, the team around you uh, just all of it so it was a great experience and I don't know whether I thought at, once I finally got this fight that you know the skies would the seas would part like I don't know what I thought was going to happen but I, it was like when I was done I was like Okay. And I remember sitting at a Starbucks with sunglasses on because my boyfriend at the time was like, you have black eyes and I, I'm not walking around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and just sitting by myself. I don't want to look like I'm beating you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, and, you know, this is again, 2007. Right. So I'm sitting at a Starbucks and I'm just, I was sitting there going, what, just reflecting on everything. And I just started writing and I was like, why is this so hard? Like, girls just want a box. And I was like, girls, and I was like, that's good. Girls just want a box. And then I started writing and I just started writing a program. And I was just like, in my perfect world, if I could have everything I didn't have, what would it look like? And then I just started building the program from there. And I decided in that moment, am I going to spend another 10 years being the fighter fighting the system? Or am I going to be the person changing or trying to make change or make the experience better for other people? And that's the business side of me, the marketing side of me, the entrepreneur side of me. Just, I knew that I had to focus on that side of the business. So then the journey is okay. I have to learn everything about the business because no one's teaching it to me. No one's inviting me to it. And, and that's when the journey kind of started. Okay, I'm just going to focus on the corporate events, um, getting better as uh, learning the sport, being a coach, understanding behind the scenes. And, you know, obviously I could go on forever, but that's, that's really where the concept started and started building. And then, you know, just getting people excited about the sport, making it a positive experience, whether I was, you know, training at another gym and then fast forward when we, when we opened CBA and, and was really able to create an environment that was inviting and positive for men and women, but especially women, like that was our main thing. And that's when we created 
the classes. So the classes were running, you know, five days a week, all women's classes uh, in a leveled structure, right? Because with boxing, there's not a lot of structure. Yeah. It's kind of like show up to the gym. If the coach has time, they might talk to you if you show that you're, you know, you really want it. So yeah. old school. So, old school, which is great if you have time, right? If you have time where you're not, but you know, the structured was really important to me to create it structured because that's the way my brain works. I need things to be structured and organized and I yep. need to start an end goal, right? Like start, start training. And I would say to coaches, okay, so how do I become an amateur boxer? Do I go to the provincials? Do I, they'd be like, oh, you know, you do some sparring, go to like, some club shows and like, eventually get to the provincials and made me get on team Canada. And then, you know, and at the time when I was really interested in it, there was no women's boxing in the Olympics. So I was like, okay, when you get to the Olympics, <laughs> they're like, oh, there's no women's boxing in the Olympics. I was like, say what now? What? Yeah. It was shocking to me. Yeah. So what, what was the end goal, right? I always want, I don't know. I always need to know what's the end goal. What am I working towards, et cetera. So that's kind of where girls just want to box came into play. And, you know, I can talk forever and I'm going to stop now because all I do is keep going and it's not done yet. But that's where Girls Just Want a Box came from and just kept developing over the years. And we really got to test it at CBA and have all the women come in and love it. All ages, all, you know, all levels of fitness. And, um, and that's why we still have women that came into the gym, you know, six, seven years ago, still developing because boxing is such an amazing sport that way. And that's, and that's really when it was just creating the community and the environment. And, um, you know, I, I just had some great opportunities that kept focusing on the coaching and how to teach and, you know, and that's probably about the time uh, where uh, I think we met Helene, she came into the gym and I'll, I'll let her kind of talk about that. But um, it's, it's, it's really developed over the years and nothing happens overnight, right? And you, you think it's gonna be one thing I thought I was going to be a professional boxer, whatever, you know, like it's, it once, you know, when you learn about the sport and then I was like, how much do you get paid? And they told me, I was like, what? <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah. it's not like the movies. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I, uh, I'll digress now and let, uh, Helene, uh, explain a little bit about how she came into the sport because I'll just keep going. So well, I really appreciate you sharing that story because it is a very interesting, it's a very engaging story. I don't think that like you like talking and whatever is like, you're not losing me here. You know, that was all very relevant. It's all like really amazing stuff. And it's really incredible, like just the journey. And I appreciate like at the end, like this is where it's coming to now where we're going to hand it off to Helene so that she can start from her beginning. But I just want to say that like, the girls just want to box that story alone is so fundamental for so many people. Cause it wasn't that long ago. It was like, like, okay. 2007, you said, but was your fight? Like, I was 12. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't that long ago. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't that long ago, <laughs> but no, absolutely amazing. Absolutely incredible. Helene, like where did you start in all this? Because I mean, like I mentioned before, like, I know that you're a runner, like you've just finished a marathon not too long ago, right? Like you, you still actively run. Like, so how did you get involved with all this? Why boxing? Why not something? Why not like a different sport, like swimming or something? So yeah, boxing for me is a very different start uh, from Christina. I did not grow up knowing anything about boxing, like was not on TV in our house. Like, I guess I knew it was a sport, but it wasn't 
it wasn't very active for me. Um, more, mine was more basketball was in oh. my household. That's basketball was our sport that we watched. So um, I didn't know anything about boxing. And in 2012, after university, I moved to London, England, where I actually worked at a gym that had, to be honest, it had everything. It had a lot of combat sports. And as part of the team, you had to try the classes out so that you could explain it to the new clients and just get a better okay, understanding. That's fair. So there was MMA, there was BJJ, there was boxing, there was Muay Thai, there was kickboxing, which, because technically they are different. Um, yep. I remember I learned that because I was like, aren't they the same? Aren't they? <laughs> <Okay>. um, <laughs> and then there were obviously like spin classes and, and dance classes and everything like that. And I remember taking all the combat sports and I actually really liked BJJ, but there were no females. Okay. And doing a lot of the exercises, like all the guys, all the partner work, they, they were like, oh, we can't do that because it's inappropriate. Okay. Okay. And then it was, oh, we can't do that because that's inappropriate. And I was like, I'm not learning anything. Like right. it just kept getting stopped. And then I went to boxing and there were two other girls. So like, it wasn't a lot, but I was able to like, even just for partner work or anything like that, I was able to to do it with someone. And then funnily enough, six months later, like five girls joined BJJ and they're like, come back. And I'm like, no, I'm like, and when I get into something, like I'm focused, like yeah. I started running and I just, honestly, I did it just cause I enjoyed it. It was, it was a way to, you know, stop the freshman 15 for me. Um, and so <laughs> like I got into it and then I did like five Ks, 10 Ks, halves, full marathon. And so for me, like, I can't focus on like two things at once. I'm like, no, no, I'm into boxing. And, and I never thought about competing. I was just like, it was a great sport because I love learning. And it was, there's like, I'm still learning. And it's, and it's, you know, almost, almost 10 years later for me. So I love the idea that there was always something new. I could also practice on my own. Like I didn't need to worry about partner work or working with a coach. Like there's always shadow boxing or there's just solo bag work. So there was, and I was very lucky that because I worked at the gym, I knew all the coaches. So they were very um, like on their lunch breaks, they would like train with me or right. like they would see me on the bag and I was very open to it, but they'd be like, okay, let's change this or add this. <laughs> yeah. Like, whereas some people might be a little like offended. And I was like, no, like, like tell, tell me. me Cause you just want to learn. Well, I was like, I don't also want to, continuously do it bad and then right. change it later and it was only until one of my girlfriends fought and I was like "Ooh, that's cool and I was like this is very interesting and I got her to train me one-on-one -on because -one. I was like now I kind of want to not fight but I was like I want to just take it up a bit more right other than fitness and strangely enough as I was doing a sales tour in the upcoming weeks, I met someone that trained with Christina in Toronto. Oh, really? And we were, yeah. And we were walking around and I was like, you're from Toronto. That's so cool. And I showed her cause it was boxing ring in the gym. And she's like, oh, I've actually done a fight. I was like, oh, that's cool. Like where? And she said she was in North York. And I'm like, I live in North or I used to live in North York. Right. And she was like, oh, like when you go back home, check out CBA, um, Christina was, was my coach there. And I was like, okay. And when I moved home, 
I was still doing boxing for fitness and I, I still loved it. And when I moved home, I was like, okay, this place is in North York. It can't be that far from me. Let's go check it out. And I met Christina and yeah, I just started training there just like again. And I still had a few bad habits because again, I think everyone does. And I yep. think also just based on coaching styles, yep. some prefer this and this. So I obviously had some tweaking to do and we gelled really well right away. And it was one of those places where like you just, you came early and you stayed late, like you hung out. So right. we got to know each other outside of the boxing other than her correcting some of my forms. And, and, it, and it didn't smell. And it- <laughs> <laughs> you Number one it rule of my gym is it will not smell. Nice, nice. That's I, very hard to maintain in a boxing gym. Kudos to you. <laughs> and it was just kind of funny because we were t- like, I would just, I was also just very curious. I was like, how did you start this? Blah, blah, blah. And she was telling me about her experience. And I was like shocked because I had been very blessed to have like, again, like five coaches that were like training me at a time. Yeah, and, like an opportunity in a way. And support. And then I kind of said to her, I was like, well, I guess that was probably the way BJJ started for me. Like in my head, I was like, that's, yeah. and, but I, I exited. I was like, for me, I was like, again, because we had to try everything. And like the next week was boxing. And I was like, okay, no, this is it. We're changing. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, that's really interesting the way she's come to it. And obviously I had been in the classes and I was like, these are great. Like everyone loves these. And it's so nice because again, you're taught the real sport. Like I found that even because I, I did try out some other gyms when I came back home to Toronto before I I'd met Christina. And like, if I didn't show an interest in fighting, which I didn't, it was like, okay, you're going to go, you're going to do more of the fitness boxing classes rather right. than technical. And I was like, oh no, no, but like, I know the technical and they're like, but, but you're not fighting. And I'm like, well, well, no, but like, where's that balance? Like, I still yeah. know the technical, I, the fitness boxing is, is like, unfortunately lower than, than what I know and what I want to do. Yeah. But, and I, I'm also not sparring. So I like, it, it's just that fine balance. So why I are they mutually, why do they have to be mutually exclusive? Right? Like it doesn't, yeah, like you don't just because you don't want to fight doesn't mean you shouldn't learn the real sport, which is what Christina said to me. And I was like, and like, again, I was like, Oh, okay. Wow. This is so bizarre. So, um, <laughs> but you know what, actually, can I, uh, can I interrupt you for a second? That's really, it's really interesting that you say that because with men, if you have a guy that's really good, they'll use that guy with the competitors and right. they'll put them in with the competitor program and everything. Even if the guy doesn't want to fight, they still like, if he's, if he wants to do that, like that's never a question that, or a conversation that guys even have to go good through, point. but sorry, Helene, continue. No, no, it's, it's exactly. And that's, and that's, that's the, point. Yeah. the thing is that like, just, um, and again, I was very lucky. Cause when I came to like, even Chris, like, I remember going up to Rico at one point being like, Rico- was our head coach. Rico Mancini was our head coach. Like, I was like, you know, Rico, sorry. Uh, And so I said to him, sidebar, I was like, Rico, I think I might want to fight. Like, but like super low key. Cause I was like, (laughs) I don't know. And I was like, can I try like some of the the more technical classes? And he's like, jump in, let's go. I was like, so so then I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what was my experience when I had said to a coach, you know, back in the day, I want to fight. And they were like, oh, you want to beat up your boyfriend? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I do that without coaching. <laughs> Get out of here. Like, but these are comments that I would have. So it, it, it makes me happy to know that things are progressing. And we also, you know, at, at CBA, I vetted all the coaches. Like there was no creepy guys allowed. There was no creepy coaches. There's like no creeps. And like, and just people that were very respectful. Like that was a big thing about uh, the coaches we chose there. And that's so huge because I mean, like you were saying, um, Helene, when you were doing the Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, a lot of coaches were like, no, I can't do that because it's inappropriate. And it's like, there's so, you, you know, the, like, like we mentioned, like that line and so many people are afraid to like, oh, I don't want to make this person feel like this. Or like, I don't know, like where the boundaries are or something. And then some people don't even care about boundaries. And that's why those people who are nervous feel nervous because of people like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Helene, go on. No, it's okay. Like, honestly, I mean, there's so many things we can talk about. So chop me and cut it. When <laughs> but uh, yeah, and we, honestly, I think it's just like, Christine, I just started talking more and more and more. And I was like, and because boxing really like helped me figure out like who I was and it just like, you know, anytime you were in the gym, like, like everything, just like whatever you were feeling before, it was just gone. Like, because you, you don't have time to focus or think about anything else. Like, um, again, if you're like really into it, cause like you're focused on like, is my jab right? Like, yeah. am I turning my head? Like, there was just so much. So for me, I was like, I love this sport so much. And I was like, what, how can we work together? And but we really started talking when we were at the nationals and that's probably Scarlett, you were there that year. The one in Quebec. Yeah. 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 That was my first nationals. Yeah. So that was the year that I was the female coach and, yeah. and well, I was supposed to be the female coach and the assistant and, and the team manager. Right. Now I know better that one person's not gonna be able to do all that. Um, and if you wanna do it properly, once I saw the scope of work, there was 60 fighters and boxers, uh, et cetera. And yeah. you know, shout out to Sock for giving me that opportunity, but I was like, yo, we're gonna need someone else. We're gonna need you know, three or four people. So that's why I was like, Colleen, what are you doing next weekend? You're gonna be organized. Come on out to Quebec. And, and that was the that was good. That was good. Fun experience. Nice. Yeah, throw them in, right? It's all about giving other people opportunity and giving, especially giving more women opportunity to see behind the scenes, get involved and, and do the other things. Plus I knew I wouldn't be able to do it all and, and really give the attention that I could give to the, to learning and being in the corners, right. And coaching right. With the team. So like, how did you feel that year with, with the coaching team? Did you feel like it was gelling really well? That was your first nationals you said? That was my very first nationals. Um, my first nationals, like it's hard for me to kind of like touch on that because I, I didn't find it as a good experience personally. So it's hard for me to Right. Um, just because of like, you remember the decision that was made on my fight and it was just like really, you know, and I didn't have my dad there at the time. Yeah, was was, yeah, and then um, I didn't get along with some of the people that were on uh, Team Ontario at the time. Mm -hmm. I actually had more support from Team Quebec after my fight. Yeah, like Kim Clavel came over to me, Miriam De Silva came over to me. Like it was, 
I, and I kind of felt like I want my team. I wanted to feel more like my team, but that wasn't the coaches necessarily. That was more just the, um, the, the pupils within the team. So oh, it's hard for me to kind of touch on my first experience right. at nationals, but I mean, I didn't feel like I couldn't go to you ladies. I didn't feel like that. You know, yeah. I, I actually really, I was. don't worry. Pardon? <laughs> I was like, you wouldn't have known who I was. I was just that random girl that was like with a clipboard. I was trying to write everything down. Walking around. Thank out. Thank you to Leon who helped me. Cause I was like, I don't even know what the scoring was. Like I had never been to a tournament. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And I was just like sitting there and I was like, okay, writing everything down because I don't know what everyone else needs to know. Right, right. Not, it, having you your, Sorry? not having your story, not having your dad and your coach there, did you feel that you still had the coaching that you needed as, as much as you could considering what was happening? Um, yeah, so I think uh, Atlas, uh, Armand from Atlas, he, cor he cornered me and you know, of course I have so much respect for them, you know, that I was training at Atlas for a long time prior to that. And, um, like they were amazing with me. I just, um, and I think a lot of fighters kind of find this like over time, because as like, I've migrated now with it, it okay. It's really funny because now that I train with Mandy, Caitlin and Mackenzie, I almost think like, how did I not have it any different before? Cause I feel so not have those, in the right place with you, right? Pardon? the team of working with the team of women. Yeah. It's a thing. It's, it's actually really important for female fighters because we fight other women. Yes, it is. And like, practice. it's people, you know, cause same as you, right? Obviously I still was, uh, before this, I used to train all the time and spar all the time with just men. And it's not the same because they're not giving you a hundred percent depending how big they are. And then you can't give a hundred percent as you want, because the size is just not reasonable to what you will be fighting. So how can you work on specific techniques? How can you work on specific tactics with this guy that is just unrealistic of what you're going to fight going into a real fight? And, and men's output is always less than women. Yeah. Punching output is like 10 times as much. And I might get skewered for saying that, but I just feel that women fight in a faster pace out, well, out we're so out. light in comparison like yeah. pound for pound like me yeah. as like 54 kilos to a guy that's 54 kilos like I just feel because I'm so much lighter like you know what I mean and then yeah. like it they are they are fast they are faster strong and everything I just think it's different yeah yeah and also like just I find women out we ask a lot more questions right we yeah. ask questions I want to know why I'm shifting my body weight. I want to know why my I'm twisting a certain way. And I find that, you know, when we teach classes, having all women, we teach to them saying, okay, we, we anticipate the questions they're going to ask and we give them an overload of information yeah. so that we can let it all sink in. And just, I mean, like your experience probably now working with an all women team kind of for a regular basis, like I, I love that you just said that, right? Because yeah. you you get you think in your mind, I can keep up with the boys. I can do everything the boys can do. I can do it better than they can. But at the end of the day, it's not really that's your ego. It's not really yes. helping you exactly get where you need to be, right? Exactly. And then like to touch back on what Helene was saying, what I find interesting about the two of you is that the both of you just decided to take a leap into something. Like you just Helene, you just kind of went right to nationals to help out not yeah. even like a club show to help out 
or like a corporate event. You went right to nationals helping out with the provincial team. Like that's a big deal. Was that a lot of pressure for you at the time? Honestly, because it was, so I was working a different job and because if I remember correctly, it was like Thursday to Sunday, right? It would have been. And so I had to take a few days off work. And I remember like, so it was just kind of like, I asked my boss, I think on the Monday and okay, just as a funny joke for everyone, (laughs) I was convinced that we were going to Montreal because I heard Quebec. So I booked a train to Montreal. Oh my God. And the night before, Kevin, one of the coaches at CBA, I had to pick up a few things because Christina had gone early. The flagpole. It was the flagpole. <laughs> for, for the Ontario flag to bring it in. My God. And Kevin was like, something, 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 Quebec City. And I was like, no, Kevin, you're mistaken. It's Montreal. And he's like, no, I'm pretty sure it's Quebec City. And I'm like, and me being me, I was like, I'm pretty organized. And I was like, no, Kev, like it's hundred percent Montreal. Oh, you were so confident. I went home and I texted Chris and I was like, it's Montreal, right? Like, just like, tell me that I'm right. And she's like, it's Quebec city. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) That night I was like sitting on the computer. It was like midnight on via rail. And I just like, I had to, I had to wait a little bit. I got a connection to Quebec city, but that's how it started. Um, so because of that, the rest of it was like easy. Okay. Was, fine. Fair enough. Fine. Um, Fair enough. It was really cool. Like I was so interested to hear, like, that's actually the year I met Caitlin Clark and she told me all about her experience as a boxer. I met Josh Frazier. I met Deidre. I met you. I met, uh, oh goodness. I met so many people. Those are the first ones that, that come to mind right away, but just everyone's story was so interesting. And so um, different. Right. And, and then it was also very interesting hearing about the girls via the guys. And, and so it was, it was very, very interesting. And we had, I, I didn't take the train back. I drove back with Christina and that's when we had a long time to talk. Four hours, five, six hours, something like that. <laughs> that's where it kind of was just like, how, how can we work together and, and push this forward? That was right. really kind of where it, where it started. So Luckily enough, she asked me to go on that trip because I don't know where we would have been yeah. if it didn't happen. Yeah, and it's just oh. under, it, it's really cool to understand, like, I, I think for me, I'd been such a, I'd been, like, we all are in boxing as, as women who have gone or done something. We, we're kind of lone soldiers, I say, right. right? Lone soldiers, and we're the only woman who's going to do whatever, and we're the, but the reality is that there's power in alignment and numbers and groups, of, and just also giving other people opportunities, right? Like, right. you know, there's been a few coaches along the way that have given me some opportunities, but for the most part, I've had to just like fight my way Gun through it. it. Day. Yeah. Right. I'm just, I'm just doing boxing events. I'm going to do corporate events. I'm going to, um, in my mind, I think these fight shows should be 50, 50 male, female, and the main events should be co-main events. And we're going to train everybody the same. And they're going to train with all the help and assistance that I never had. And, you know, for the corporate boxing events, which Helene eventually got pulled into as well, after that, <laughs> trial by fire, um, you, with the corporate boxing events, they're, they're so amazing because they take the average person who never thought they would ever be a fighter. And, and the way that we did ours was they were industry-based. 
So um, you would then train for three months. We set them up with nutritionists. We set them up with, they had chiros, they had massage therapists. Wow. Uh, they had uh, Mandy Bougeau and Mark Simmons as team captains. Right? I remember this. Yeah, I remember yeah. This. Yes, yes, yes. There's a poster of it in Atlas. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So you'd have male and female head coaches. And then there was, you know, it was just matching everybody up and telling everybody they could be a fighter. And they get to have this experience where they train for 12 weeks and they get a camp and they train on teams. Like there's people who are from those teams are still best friends because that's such a crazy experience to have with someone else, right? And the, the point of these was to give the everyday person an experience that they will now, they've now fallen in love and have a new respect for the sport. Now they will, they may never fight again. Maybe they'll become coaches. Maybe they'll go on to do other things. But now these 24 people usually sometimes double. That's got a little crazy for a while. <laughs> but you know, they all became licensed amateur boxers. They all be, you know, now they're fight fans. Now they're going to shows. Now they're supporting their local gym. So, you know, those types of events really build, build out boxing and, and build the, the, the larger respect of the sport. And that, you know, and with Girls Just Want to Box, we say people want to learn the sport for fun or for real. But just because you're learning the sport for fun doesn't mean you shouldn't learn the real sport. And just because you're boxing for real doesn't mean you should lose the fun. And, and that's what kind of happens, right? So we really got to, over those years, experiment with women and, and taking them from, I've never thought about boxing and getting them in the ring and, and going through that process with women. <laughs> I really wish we did tape everything because you can't write what happens. Right, <laughs> right. But it's honestly just so beautiful to just even hear how you've touched so many people's lives with something as like you just sat there at a coffee shop and you just started like making plan out and it's just taking that initiative just to make it happen because a lot of people like I'm sure there's lots of women out there who thought about it I'm sure there's lots of women out there who thought like this would be a great idea but it's to have that initiative and that drive like that fight within ourselves and I I think that's really unique with female fighters because we've had to really push for what we have today and I think that that's what kind of makes I mean, I I could be obviously just biased, but I love watching women fight because like, I know that it's just been such a more complex journey. There's not these barriers for men ever. Like they never had to make a guys just want to box. They never had to do stuff like this. Anything that a guy wants to do in athletics is automatically accepted. Yeah. So I just think that it's such a wonderful thing that you girls have going on. Cause I like, I like, I wish we had this conversation earlier. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And this is the other thing we're so busy doing, right. Yeah. We don't talk about what we're doing. Like, yeah. I'm so busy. Do I was so busy doing stuff for so long. I think back now, if I'd actually videotaped everything or, you know, we think about all the content that could be created, but we're so busy doing the thing. We don't talk about it. And that's what happens because I think women who are really passionate about the sport are too busy doing and we're not talking enough about it. But um, so then, you know, if we go back to what, you know, me continually throwing Helena into things to see if she. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, she started, um, she started team teaching with me at CBA. So, you know, and I I encourage all females that want to coach, go talk to another coach and start team teaching and, and teach with them and assist in the class, listen to how they're teaching, 
um, learn from them and, and like really start feeling more confident because so many women I talk to, they like, Oh, I, I can't coach. And you're like, what are you talking about? You know, more about the sport than, you know, some people that, you know, did head pads one time. And now they're, a, now they're a boxing trainer, you know, like right. a lot of female fighters aren't, don't have the confidence to coach, but the coaches need to tell them that they can coach. Right. right? We have to start bringing in the new, the new fighters and the new and new coaches, the fighters that can coach, not every fighter should be a coach. Not every fighter wants to be a coach, but if you feel that they've got that vibe and Helene was so uh, excited about boxing and everything that she was learning. Yeah. Right away. Okay. Now you're going to start doing <laughs> classes. Let's see what happens. So nice. Helene started to coach at the same time as she was training to fight, which was, a, I'm sure a unique experience. And then we, we, th and then we threw into her fight. <laughs> How was your first fight, Helene? <laughs> My first fight, honestly, I, like was great. I'll be honest. Um, I had, very good coaching. So that was, that was, uh, thanks Chris and Kev. And, uh, you really had three coaches, Rico and Rico, Rico. Um, and one thing I will remember is the next day I sent Rico my video cause he couldn't make it to the fight. And I remember he was like, that was really good. And I lost. And I just remember being like, Rico said I was good. Like I was, <laughs> that was a win for me. Like, yeah, yeah. don't get me wrong. Uh, Chris and Kev were like, you did great and, and whatnot. But for me, it was like, Rico is like this, like, is like holy grail. Like <laughs> he's also just so knowledgeable. Like that was the one thing I think I was, I guess if you want to say apprehensive about coaching was that like, if you asked Rico a question, he knew it. Like, yeah. it, like he either trained someone that had it. It was himself. Like he just, he has so much experience. So for me, I was like, what if someone asks me a question? I don't know the answer to it. Right. And it's, it's kind of that thing. It's like, you don't have to know. Don't say the, like, don't say like a random answer. Just be like, I'll get back to you. And I think that was a big learning thing for me is that I was like, I can't coach because I, at that point I hadn't had a fight and I felt like I hadn't had enough experience to um, relay because all my coaches had been so knowledgeable that I was like, I, I, let's say I won't be able to answer all these questions that all these women have. And it was, it was just the understanding of like, I'm going to help you as much as I can. And any questions I don't know, I'll make sure to get back to you. And I think right. that as long as you were able to explain that, I don't think there was any misrepresentation. Right. What's, what's your experience with coaching, Scarlett? Have you done anything at all the gyms you've been at or? Um, I do online on demand for Coach Sid. So I don't really like interact with the people live time. I just record a video and I send it. I do coach at Battle Arts Academy, but I just got that position like in the middle of the pandemic because, you know, we were given all these dates that we were going to open. So obviously right. that never flourished. I do teach like privates here and there, but it, unfortunately it's been mostly online because I just started doing this uh, during the pandemic. So I haven't really had that opportunity as I would have liked to, but I mean, at the same time, because I'm still competing, like yeah. it's not something that I'm making a central focus anyways. Like I still have my goals for nationals and I can't like commit to people as they would need a full-time coach to commit if I'm off like six weeks training 
for nationals. You know, that wouldn't be fair to the other athletes and fighters, kind of stuff like that. So I kind of just play in by ear as it goes right now. I enjoy it. I love to see people progress. I love to see when everybody comes in and they feel good and they feel like, wow, like I felt like I did better today than I did last week or something. Like those little things are like mini wins for me too. So I totally can relate to that, to that to a degree. But I just like now going into girls just want to box like coming into the pandemic so what's it been like like how did you guys create this game plan for this time so funny story um when we first launched the website and like our first goal was okay where the, where are the other gaps in the market we're gonna go full steam ahead with girls just want a box and uh we've now moved the program into another location and it was like okay we're just focusing on girls just want a box uh, I'm lay, laying off the corporate boxing events for a while. Let's let's see what happens. And I think the biggest gap that we saw was in female equipment. There was no, like, you know, all the regular brands had their smaller versions. And, and I think that's where we sat back and said, okay, let's really see if we can make a difference in the gear. And um, <laughs> so like anything else in boxing, it's, uh, you know, you have to go on an exploratory. Yeah. Everybody, like no one knew what was in a glove, right? <laughs> someone just tell me what's in a boxing glove because I want <laughs> to change it or I want to make it better for women. Right. It, it was crazy. We had to like, finally we found a, an amazing glove maker in Florida that would, would show us how gloves were made in order for us to redesign it to fit women better. And, and I want to say that Christina was so apprehensive about cutting open a glove. He I, was going to show us. You asked. You asked. I know. I'll show you. And he he was like, literally got the scissors out. And I was sitting there. I was like, okay. And Christina was like, I can't. And I was like, it's just a glove. It's fine. Like, just. I don't know. Like, I just felt like it was. Gloves coming out. <laughs> I just didn't know. And I'm like, no, it's fine. You need. I was like, someone has to do it. I didn't know what was going to come out of it. I just felt like I was so, I felt so bad for the glove. Like I just. Like, <laughs> I'm violating this glove. <laughs> You're so in love with your gloves, right? So it has history uh, too. How are we going to do it like that? <laughs> right? So anyways, um, we, we ended up really just uh, to understand how gloves were made, the different types. And, I, and I'm just, I'm very adamant about not having leather gloves. And okay. that's just my little, you know, vegetarian slash vegan soul. Okay. Um, and, and also for, you know, now that we know everything that we know in a pandemic, do you need to have the same pair of gloves for 10 years? Right. Probably not. Right. Um, yeah. So, you know, all our gloves are polyurethane um, and they actually hold up really well. And then that also allows you to have a lot more options with colors and designs. And we were always like, why do gloves have to be just one color and one ugly logo? And you know what, like, why can't we make them fun? And if it was, if we found any girls gloves, they were Pepto-Bismol pink. And <laughs> why, you know? Like, why? why, why does it have to always be the pink? <laughs> or, like it can be a cute pink. It can be a hot pink. It could be like, you know, um, rose gold, purple, purple yep. blues. You know, I can pull up some of our gloves and all the colors and whatnot, but we kind of said, let's sit back and really decide, like if we had the perfect glove, what would we do with it? And, you know, we spent time on the design, we shortened the hand, uh, we realized that, you know, why does, why does the wrist have to be down here? This isn't my wrist, right? 
shortened up the wrist. So now it's actually on the wrist and uh, really looked into how do we protect women's hands? Because lots of times they were, uh, are, I found my hands were swimming in the gloves or I didn't even know what they were supposed to feel like. And you know, all those things. So uh, we had a lot of fun doing that. I don't know, Helene, how long did we do that for? Two years? Two years, two years we did it for, but well, it, was, it was a process. Cause it was like, okay, we made the wrist shorter a bit wasn't enough. We right. made like, sometimes it was like too tight or it was like, it was like, it just literally was like little tweaks, little tweaks, little tweaks, right. making sure the thumb also wasn't like swimming in, in the thumb hole. It's like, there were just little things that we were like, or that we would try it. We're like, okay, now we want to change this. So there were right. a lot, of, we've been very lucky to have our manufacturer be very, very patient <laughs> with us. Um, and like, be like, mm, we still want this. And he's just like, what about this? And we're like, nope, we still just, just like, yeah, 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 yeah. change and it. Then, and then we, oh, you can't see it with my background, but we thought it was very important to put our hashtag on it, which is protect the pretty. I love that, by the way. I was going to mention, <laughs> I saw that hashtag. I love that. Protect the pretty, I love it. So the funny story with that is me coaching people and people never putting their hands up. Yep. Never putting their hands up. Guys, girls, doesn't matter. Just always hands are always down. Yep. And then I, I just snapped one day and said, for the love of God, protect the pretty hands <laughs> up in the face. <laughs> and then you're like, wait. And then there's that moment again at the coffee shop. Yeah. <laughs> you do. But think about it, Scarlett, for people don't get it. Cause some people get, Oh, why do you got to stay pretty? It's not about being pretty, but that's the point. Have, how many times have you been told you're too pretty to be a boxer? Right. What about the pretty little nose? What, and then most boxers fancy themselves pretty, do they not? Right, exactly. And, and if you're pretty, if you're a pretty boxer, you've got good defense. So, exactly. So there's all these like fun intonations with protect the pretty that not everybody always gets, but like, if you know, you know. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Protect the pretty, exactly. I totally, then, I love that. And that, that reminds you, you strap up your gloves, Oh yeah, protect the pretty. Cause literally how many times you get told to like hands up. I know. And you think that yeah, people get annoyed. Or you get that. It and then you learn that way. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's like, you think that like, at, like the athletes would get annoyed hearing hands up. So they would just keep their hands up just so they would stop hearing it. But they never do. <laughs> no. So they get tired. So they come down, but it's that constant. My yeah. dad used to always, like whenever we did pad work, he used to always give me like a whack if I would leave it down or something. Cause he would always say to me, he's like, I'm not gonna keep hitting you. He's like, but I can't guarantee that the girl you go in the ring with isn't. Correct. And he's like, so, I mean, that's on you. That's up to you, what you want. So I'm like, okay, fine. I learned pretty early. <laughs> and we learned the hard way, right? True boxers learn the hard way. Yep. And you know, if you think about it, it's like, uh, so the other thing that we did was like, I had so much wrist, wrist and shoulder issues from hand pads and uh, hand pads are so big. Like you'll see pictures of girls on Instagram using hand pads and they're like down this low. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like pillows. Yeah. Like pillows. So with our hand pads, we decided to make them super small. This is, just I love that. Look at that. It looks so nice. So this is a custom one we did for a coach. And then you can actually the way it's designed is that it's small. So it's not digging into your wrist. Yeah. It's super agile. Right. And it's like, it's just like an extension of your hand. And then we designed these prior to COVID, but also very helpful with COVID is the paddle. Yes. Right? 
Yes. Models, and these, we made them stiff so they don't flop back like the kickboxing ones do. Right, right, right. It feels like a punch. And then, you know, how used to, your dad used to hit you with the hand pads. Now you can swap people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought you'd be like, I'm going to send him one of the paddles so he could switch it up a bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's fun to do both of them. I actually find it's really fun um, as a coach to use a hand pad for the hard shots and then use this for ducking and other things. So right. just want to be a little bit more creative and, and it, like do things that don't always, let's, let's change it up. Like the, the world's your oyster. Like, what do you want to do with boxing? How can we make it right. more fun? How can we make it different? And why can't our gear be cute? Yeah. Why oh. can't it look nice? Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I totally okay. agree. I totally agree. Because if so, you look good in the ring, you feel good, right? Exactly. That's why I wear a skirt. <laughs> oh, there you go. Sorry, Helene, I cut you off, but you were- oh, Not at all. Yeah, no, just, um, we wanted to also just like make it again for like, just to fit better because also, you know, it's that same thing. Like someone said this to us and I remember like you would never- go out on a run in poor running shoes. If yep. they were too big, if they were too fitting. small, yeah. like you wouldn't. And I was, I, when someone said that to me as a runner, I was like, well, I would never, like I would never dare yeah. to do that because my feet would hurt or whatever. I would roll them. And it's like, so why should your hand be any different? And I was like, exactly. oh, I like that. And so, it, you it, know it, why that they make that different is because boxing has been seen as this like, very tough rugged like you have what you have it's like you see like the rocky movies where he's like punching this big slab of meat okay, like we would not be doing that you know what I mean? <laughs> like this is not the movies it's not cinema but this is why like people have this idea about boxing that like you have to be so rough like whatever is on hand like if you can't afford it even the idea of not being able to afford it is almost like yeah so I had to I had to yeah, use these running shoes it almost adds to this like boxing character like yeah this is what it is to be a fighter but exactly what you said even as a runner just as a smart athlete you wouldn't do that because it's the longevity of your feet and I think the exact same way about the gloves I mean like any any elite boxer that's been there more than once more than twice that has been in the ring they know that they need good equipment this isn't about ego. They know they need good equipment. It's yeah. just for those who may not have been humbled yet, or those have not actually seen what it is to be a boxer because they would talk about equipment very differently then. So obviously we need to get you a pair of gloves to do a uh, review for us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Just <laughs> um, Which color you prefer? Uh, red. Or Wait. Red. We've got we, have a, we have a red, blue, our wonder glove, uh, which is wonder red, blue, Woman. white, red, blue, white, and gold. Yeah, so we'll get, we'll we'll get, get, those, that one. get those to you. And, and I feel like you will appreciate this. So have you ever done, I remember uh, for, for that, the fight I had, um, I had broken a knuckle or like just tear lined it. Right. So I was cutting sponge and putting it in my under in between my hand wraps for extra padding okay that one it's a thing I, okay it's like mortified she's like what i was like how else was i getting extra padding protection on my not i don't know like so but that really got me thinking about okay we need to change up hand wraps a little bit yeah and that's when we created a hand wrap that actually has sponge in the hand wrap oh so to so, avoid all of the like 
kind of old DIY situation. Yeah. And what, what it does, it's two, it's two fabric. It's two layers of fabric. So you, it takes less time to wrap. Plus it's super soft. And then it wraps the knuckle part actually wraps the sponge wraps perfectly around your knuckles. Oh, that's beautiful. Look at that. Yeah. yeah. It's beautiful. Then, yeah. So we're just trying to get inventive and yeah. also protect the pretty of your body. Plus, <laughs> <laughs> well, too, like girls, like our bone structures alone are smaller than men's. Yeah. And the, the amount of hairline fractures I've had all over in, you know, different areas of my body, just from, you know, going to old gyms where I'd hit bags that had uh wood beams in the bag right or like what yes that, i remember there's some bags that wood beam inside of it and if you hit it on the wrong angle you hit the oh board. my god it's like people wanted to hurt their fighters or something <laughs> oh my god uh yeah you do what you gotta do but um, <laughs> so so yeah we're just trying to be really inventive and you know, listen we have the old school wraps for people that want them in some fun colors and you know, we're just trying to get more inventive. And then at the same time, encourage girls, little girls. And yes, we have our little star gloves. Oh, yeah. my little sister would probably love those. She's like Darkly purple. Come on. That's why love purple. purple is her favorite color. That's what every little girl needs is a pair of sparkly purple gloves. Um, I, told her, I told her that purple is the color of royalty. It is. Oh. So, like, long story short, short, long, long, um, because this is taking forever. But, um, you know, once we got everything up online, we had said it would be really cool. I always had this dream of like having, because um, you can only do so much in your gym in that five kilometer radius, right? Like, right. we used to have people come from all over Ontario to spar at the gym. It was a beautiful gym and all this stuff. But at the same time, how do you reach those people? So when we launched our website two years ago, we said, we actually said, coming soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want a box, a virtual boxing club. Oh, so this was like pre-pandemic, but you were already yes. in the making of it. Yes. And we never would have got around to it if there wasn't a pandemic. I hate to say it. Like, I obviously we're sad we haven't been in our gym in eight months, nine months, ten, I don't know, 14 months, whatever. We had like a short, a short period in the summer, but yeah. yeah a couple right, I remember that. Yeah. But it, what it allowed us to do, and I guess I didn't realize how much work it would have been to start going online and teaching classes online because it's different. I can't walk up to you, move your hips, move your shoulder, move something yeah. to make an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Verbally ex use my words. <laughs> At least now you're learning how to communicate it better though. It's, yeah. You know, yeah. Experience in terms of that, like, and then also just like, we're now meeting more people and then it's just like, Oh, I, I've never seen someone not do blank. And you're just like, okay, now how do I reword what I would normally say yeah. like straight right. coaching? And you're like, okay, I have to explain it differently because they're not getting it. Right. And, That's amazing. And also too, like, it's funny how with the stories from both of you, how <clears throat> a common thing I see with the both of you is that you both jump on the opportunities. Like you both go with the path that feels right. And it's funny how I always use the term, the universe, because everybody. Like universe like and team JWB in this photo and this future. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you guys look yeah. like you're in your own galaxy over there. <laughs> the GJWB galaxy. Yeah. But I just find that it's, um, 
the universe has kind of aligned everything for both of you where you're both doing this wonderful movement that's making such a big impact on such a large community and like neither of you resisted the opportunities in it you kind of went with it and then everything just kind of opened up and it's been working so well for both of you and I think like even when we talk about the pandemic just you saying how you were actually getting the virtual before the pandemic like to me that's just proof like look at that that's crazy how everything has always been aligned right. for the progress of this foundation. That's and amazing. Really, and I think it just, exactly what you're saying, but like it speaks to the whole, the universe has a plan and yep. you, you might have one plan in your mind, but then you have to be open to that, the bobbin weaving along yes. the way, right? Absolutely. It, it's sometimes really hard. Like I, I never thought I could, there could be a different path for me than CBA. Like that was really, really hard to leave that, I, like my blood, you know, blood, sweat and tears on my soul went into creating that community. So leaving and doing the other things and then realizing, oh, there's a bigger, there's a bigger thing available or there's this other thing that should be going on. And, you know, it's great to be able to not just be that lone soldier and, and hence, you know, the next stage of what we're doing and uh, the old wrong side. Where am I going? Orthodox sofa, orthodox sofa. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is, nobody knows that we're doing this. So we're like announcing this with you, Scarlett, that we are going to start talking about and announcing the official world of Team GJWB. And what that is, I'll, I'll give a little explanation and then I'll let Helene talk about it a bit too. But we kind of sat back and said, it's so great to have this environment that we have with supportive uh, female coaches and just like, just, and, and the male coaches and everybody who supports women in boxing. Right. Yep. So, so it's been very great for us, but we know that there's other women in other countries, in other areas and other cities doing the same thing we're doing. Right. So why can't we all align and, and be a bigger community and bring change faster and work together and support each other. And that's where we started saying, okay, how are we going to do this? Um, and we realized that also from the pandemic, because now we're online and we have women joining our club from Vancouver, Calgary, uh, Thunder Bay. And that never would have happened if we were just in the gym doing our thing. So our right. mind's been opened and we're like, okay, this can be a bigger movement, a bigger collective, and we can really hopefully make some change in a shorter period of time. Um, and Helene really did all the work with really going online and trying to find um, the people that we think aligned with what we were doing. So uh, I can let Helene talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I mean, really an extension of that. It's just, we also really wanted to find girls and women from all different areas of the sport too, because when you get into it, you may start as a fighter, but after that, then what? Like if you don't like, and we wanna show women that there's so many different paths you can take. There's coach, there's cut, man, woman, whatever you want to call it. Right. There's official judging, there's um, Event promoter. commentating. There's, yeah. there's just so many different pathways that it's not just, or what if you're a fighter and you get injured? Yeah, right? and it's like, exactly. you know, your, your path may have been derailed, but there's so many other routes you can take. And so we want to really amplify all voices in women's boxing from all different areas to show that not only like, because, you know, a lot of people have talked about, like, you need to see one to be one. So we really want to show that there are all these different women in all these different areas, 
all over the world. So um, we've been trying to reach out and Personally, I think we have a kick-ass team. Just going to say that. Yeah. And this um, is the first iteration, right? This is kind of our test to see this first group. Um, uh, and then, and then we'll, of course, we'll, we'll expand as we keep going. Um, but yeah, I think Helene, Helene did a lot of the work and another girl that works with us, Katie. Thanks, Katie. And, and really found uh, the right team, which is really excited. Excited. So we're excited. We're from our like Instagrams like grid, we're slowly building up. We're going to be uh, releasing, you know, slow profiles of all of our ambassadors probably in the next week to week and a half. Uh, and we're just excited to to also just showcase some really great women in the sport because like you're doing, Charlotte, right? Thank you. Yes. Yeah, like and you know, and that's why when you asked us to come on this, we're like, this is great because it's just about talking about the sport, about women in the sport, and you know, just keep on showing. And it's great to see more female fights. Like there were two last night and it's just, the more we see it and the more we can talk about it, you know, as Christina said earlier, we're stronger in numbers. So we just yeah. need to keep this. We need to keep the conversation going and we need to keep, um, you know, being more in the spotlight. And we're just all about promoting uh, women in the sport in all and, areas. Oh, and again, because we get stuck doing it. <laughs> We yeah, forget exactly. to talk about it, right? We forget, and boxers by nature are really, some of us anyways, are a little too humble for our own good, and we don't talk about what we're doing, and we don't, you know what I mean? So I think yep. we're trying to change that mindset to be like, okay, we need to start, you know, really promoting all the amazing things that are happening with all these women around the world that, that you know, come, and, and our initial conversations with everybody, we just come out of there feeling so amazing because they're, they're so excited and they're like, wow, yeah, this is great. Let's, you know, I thought maybe it was just me being having this lone experience, but like you can see from all the women that you've been interviewing, we're all having the same experience in yeah. different ways. And, and it's going to take kind of a collective movement for us to kind of band together. And I made a joke to Helene. I was like, everybody says it's the old boys club. Well, what if it's the new girls club? Absolutely. Or, and it's becoming or, now. Yeah. Or, you know, whoever identifies as a female, also welcome. <laughs> <laughs> no, but honestly, it's true. Like we've had such a huge movement in the past, like 10 years alone, which just, I think we mentioned earlier when I found, when I heard that the women were going to be in the 2012 Olympics, when I was just a kid, I thought to myself, they weren't already there. Cause I was watching Mandy. I was watching like all these girls growing up. So it, it's funny because your two ladies experiences with the world of boxing is so different. Like when I was growing up in my dad's gym, I knew that girls could fight. I just didn't think that it just happened. And I just thought that like, because there's so few and I understood weight classes was a thing. It's yeah. like, okay, like maybe you might have a few girls in the area, but what if there's in such different weight classes or something like it's not going to happen then. So I never thought it was you know, whatever. But then I seen women like Mandy and I knew that she was going to Pan Ams. I knew that this was like a thing for her. And I thought to myself, when they announced that they were going to have the London games, I thought like, how are women not already in there? And then talking to Jen on the last one and hearing that they're going to bring it in to the winter games. And I thought, but it's 2021. Like, I thought that that was already a thing. And now, like we have these conversations and social media is such an amazing platform for all this stuff because you know 
as you mentioned, you can be in Thunder Bay, you could be in Japan, you could be anywhere in the world listening to this very conversation right now. And then just, you know, the collaboration of all of us getting together and talking through all these ideas is how we create this network, how we create the connections, reaching out to each other, like, okay, like, what can we do to make this happen? It's just amazing. That's why I really appreciate, like, just getting this conversation out with you too about Girls Just Want a Box and like hearing your guys' plans and stuff. It's really incredible. Do you have like um, any plans for post pandemic at this point? Cause now you guys are really launching with your online virtual stuff. What about when COVID hopefully whenever things open up, like what's the plan then? Oh, it feels like it's so far away. You know, you know, I mean, we still want to keep our virtual. That was something that like, as soon as it came in, it was an easy, like that staying and it's now, okay. So we're going to have our virtual but we're also going to still have our in-class because right. especially after this, we understand the importance of human connection yes. and interaction face-to-face. So we don't want to, because we are building outside of just, you know, our small GTA portion, we still want to continue the virtual because um, we started it and, you know, we can still teach people and everyone's schedules are now different. So maybe they're, maybe they're working from home and it's too far or they don't live, you know, even close enough. So we still want to continue the virtual in addition to now our in-class. Okay. Um, okay. So it's, it's definitely still both together because um, it, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a world where it's hybrid now. Like it's going to be where there's going to be some people that feel comfortable in the studio or that can make it to the studio. And then there's people that either can't make it or just don't feel comfortable because of what's going on. And I think that's such like a, uh, like in between of being beautiful yet sad because it's like, it's great that people can still do it at the comfort of their home, which gives it like so much more options and opportunities for people that like, let's just like say like, you know, they can't drive to get there. At least they can still do it at their home. But almost like that's so sad that some people might just keep it at home and lose that physical connection. But we were, one thing though, Scarlett, is we, we kind of encourage, like if somebody, let's say somebody in Thunder Bay uh, is training with us, they get their home training, they get certain types of training with us. And then we encourage them to go to their local gym. Right and take that experience and go have that in-person experience and one of the things we're going to start doing is listing clubs that we know the coaches and we think they're great to go to and we'll connect you with them and you know those types of things so you know there's there's so much there's so many people who can benefit from the sport of boxing making it accessible to as many people as possible is is so great and we really had a positive experience with running a online workshop so we did an eight-week program where we had it start, we had 80 people come in and learn how to box over eight weeks because there's so much to teach people. Right. And then you, I don't know if you've done that. You said you haven't done live classes, but the problem with live classes is that if you have all your, let's say you're not doing a level one, we do an all levels class and, and there's always a new person coming in, which right. is great if that time works for them, but then you have to go through stance and you yeah. have to, so you know, for us, we realized, okay, we're going to have to build out this eight week workshop. That was amazing because it broke it down really, really through the basics. And we're like, okay, great. Now we have to film yeah. a workshop that's available online for people. So it's, it's been a big learning process, but it's been amazing to really kind of say, okay, how can we, 
expand outside of our gym, but we're also dying to get back to the gym. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't get me wrong. I'm like the, I was talking to one of our ambassadors and I was like, I think I might cry after the first time I spar again, but not because it was bad, just because of how much I missed it. You miss it. Yeah. Cause the experience alone is so like, just, just to be within the community and knowing that you're all training for like a goal of something, something to look forward to, something that you can plan. Yeah. Yeah. And to answer your question, cause I'm sure we have to wrap this up at some point, but uh, we are, you know, I wanted to not do boxing events for a little while because I was getting really burnt out. Um, okay. And it was, it was really like, I was getting to the point where I wasn't enjoying it anymore. Okay. Um, and, but I think I feel that I've got that bug a little bit now. So there's some things like it never leaves you. Like you forget about the pain and suffering as it's happening. And then when it's done and everybody's excited and lives are changed, you're like, okay, yeah. that was great. <laughs> But I think we're going to go back to um, a bunch of different types of events. We are going to focus on doing some all-female um, shows, if not. That'd be great. Uh, Carla, get ready. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm ready. I've been ready. <laughs> <laughs> now that we have some connections with uh, international groups that are like our ambassadors that are doing the same thing in their countries, we can get, you know, a group of Canadian girls to head over and vice versa. So we're just going to start being a bit more active that way. Um, I, I don't want to put it out there before we know what we can do. So there's some other big announcements that we'll be talking about, but um, you know, with, as far as gear goes, we're working on a home bag so people can have a bag that will fit in their condo and not, you know, be this huge hideous thing <laughs> that lives in their room. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't resist against your punching um so it just comes up with some more products because you know um there's always ideas coming up but uh i don't know helene anything else i forgot no we we have i mean we're always open to ideas as well too and we're constantly thinking of just ways to ways to just get women in the sport um we also want to look at focusing also on just the mental side of things too so part of our ambassador program is to put on like some workshops uh, and things like that for women, just because, you know, as you know, it, there's a lot of mental that goes into yep. being. Um, and so we really want to focus on that because a lot of times we get the training and then, you know, but after that, you, you really like there's journaling, there's visualization techniques. There's so many things that we want to just promote and also just explain what they are and, and make sure that females are using that because it's, and people it's are so different. Like every girl, like, cause our experiences are so different going into a sport like this, as opposed to the men. And we deal with things like so different. I'm a huge writer. I love writing. I love writing. I have like, you know, my mom, she wants to burn all of them, but I have just stacks of journals since I was like seven. I'm, I'm very like, I like to write my thoughts about everything. So that's always been helpful to me, but I have friends that just meditation is their thing. They just love meditation. And I, I have such a hard time with it. I love it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I go, I wish I could do it. I wish I could just, you know, whatever. I'm trying to get my coach to teach me right now. Hopefully he hears this gay tan. He's supposed, <laughs> to, <laughs> he's supposed to teach me how to meditate. So uh, hopefully I'll be able to relate. I'll say, good stuff thank you it's thank you I appreciate like it well, honestly like I really do want to get better at doing that because it's I think it's a great powerful technique for anything really important to calm it, it helps calm the mind and yeah. uh, 
Yeah, I mean, we we know that boxing is so good for the mind because it keeps it active, gets you into that fight or flight, gets the things firing, plus you're learning. So there's boxing is so good on the mental side, just for your brain in general, and you know, regenerating neurons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But um, also like for the other side of it is being able to stay calm because boxing can get you absolutely when you're actually completing. And even just like the stuff that goes on outside of boxing that eventually affects your boxing. It's like, Oh, but thank you so much ladies for taking the time to explain and to talk about this amazing team GJWB. It's just absolutely amazing. I think that everybody's going to appreciate the story. And I think that, you know, hopefully Okay, you guys like you have right there, girls just want to box at your Instagram. Is there any other um, social media platforms? <laughs> Is there any other social media platforms that people can reach you at? It's all girls just want to box. So whether it's girls just want to box.com or girls just want to box on Facebook, uh, our Twitter is. Uh, not that, but you can find everything through our Instagram or our website. Okay. And if people want to get in touch with you girls individually. DM, email uh what other forms of contact (laughs) we both both get info at girlsjustwantabox.com perfect okay perfect thank you so much uh, and and you know all of our uh equipment is on the website you can purchase through instagram the website all the things and uh if somebody's like oh i have a great idea and you know what we've also started to uh create products for other people so we're customing custom customizing gear for um other gyms and other fighters etc so we're here amazing do you have any other closing notes that you want to tell anybody out there i feel like we said a lot i feel like thank you scarlett for having us on this has been a great conversation and thank you for doing what you're doing scarlett it's amazing getting these stories out here and you know obviously you're a writer journalist in the making Uh, i don't know about that (laughs) you're doing a great job Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And thank you everybody for tuning in for the female fist. My name is Scarlett Delgado. You can find me as well on Instagram at S-C-A-R-L-E-T-T-D-E-L-G-A-D as in dog. Oh, thank you so much everybody for tuning in. And thank you ladies for the hands up. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day, everybody.